ask to everybody here today is, what am I living for? If we was to fill in the blank, and I used to as a kid, I've mentioned this before, love the program that Terry Wogan used to hold called Blankety Blank. Can anybody old enough can remember it? We're not about to break out in the song. There's a lot of younger guys who are thinking, Terry Wogan, who's he? I want to say one of the greatest broadcasters ever. But anyway, we'll, we'll, leave, it, we'll leave it at that. But if we was to fill in the blank to this question, I live to blank. What would be your answer be? I live to blank. I guess if we was to poll this audience today, there may be some people who would make statements like, well, I actually live to eat. (laughs) They don't eat to live, they live to eat. There's some people who live to watch football or play football. Uh, It's interesting that I've been asked to... um, some of you will be aware of it, only a little, little of you, but I've been asked to monthly uh, go on to BBC Radio Derby for an hour and um, as part of uh, Arena Church representing you guys and be part of a current affairs show. Um, they call it the Loudmouths. I don't particularly like the, the, the title. I don't like the title, but I'll go with it. Uh, but I did one and I was all at sea and they asked me to go again. I've done another one and they've asked me now to just regularly contribute. To, to it, which is, which is fantastic. It's great for Arena Church uh, because they keep putting Arena Church out there. Um, and also to have a Christian voice on, uh, you know, on, on there as well. But there are some people, well, so when I was on the radio show, we did this, this show, that's where I was going to. They was talking about uh, football and how people had uh, literally get, sold toys, their kids' toys, to get to a Derby County match. Now, sorry if you're a Derby County fan, God bless you, but I don't think I'd be selling my toys to go and watch, the kids' toys, to go and watch Derby County. There was one guy who was saying that actually he'd stopped eating, they'd, they'd missed some meals, so they made sure they could get the tickets to go to Derby County. It seems like, and he wasn't just tongue-in-cheek, this guy was very real, it seems like this person was living to watch football or living to watch the Rams. There's some people around here, you love golf, but how much do you love golf? Because some people, all they do is they live to play golf. Some people love to shop. Don't all nudge your husband now if he's a golfer because he'll nudge you back. Some people just love to shop. Shop till you drop. What about work? I've come across a lot of people who are workaholics and it's ugly. I think it's important that we work hard but when we become workaholics or what we're basically saying is the work is the priority, the purpose of my life beyond my wife or beyond, beyond my husband or beyond my children or my family. All kinds of things that we have, that people can have in their lives. I remember there was just a few weeks ago, um, I was out in Hungary uh, on the first trip and um, just chatting to somebody and uh, they, they, they announced to me that, that what they, their purpose in life was to be famous. They said, I am going to be famous. I said, what if, what if God doesn't want you to be famous? He immediately got up from his chair and then went to the other side of the room and didn't want to come anywhere near me again. It's true. Because his focus was to be famous. What we want to do over this series is present some thoughts to you that will help you to live on purpose. One of my heroes 
of the faith, the Christian faith historically, is a guy by the name of General William Booth. William Booth grew up in, in uh, Nottingham and uh, then established a ministry that started in the east end of London that eventually went worldwide by the name of Salvation Army. William Booth, when he was 81, he was actually uh, disabled. He was in a wheelchair. He was unable to travel. But they pulled together, as part of the conference, annual conference, thousands of uh, army officers. And they asked uh, General Booth to send a message to address the, the conference. So William Booth took a moment to just reflect for a number of days over what did he want to say to this conference at this important time. He wanted to just describe in one word his purpose that would embody his life's ministry. He sent the message via telegram. Shows you how long ago it was. And as the moderator opened the telegram and announced to everybody that they were going to read a message from General William Booth, there was only one simple word that was written on the telegram. And the word was others. It summed up his purpose. He lived for others. It's interesting that Jesus himself said this, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The whole purpose of God sending Jesus in the world was to redeem the world. And yet there is many of us who we live for all kinds of different purposes. So what we're going to do over these three weeks, we're going to attempt to answer the question, what am I doing on purpose? What am I living for? In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be looking at live to serve. We believe it's important that we have a purpose, and we do this on purpose, live to serve. We also think it's important that we, on purpose, live to love. We're going to be doing that in a couple of weeks. But today, we're going to be talking about how we need to, on purpose, live to give. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Live to give. And we're going to do this on purpose. If you have a Bible, I wonder if you turn with me to Proverbs and chapter 11, and we're going to read two verses from 24 and 25. And if you've not got a Bible, don't worry, because it will be on the screens. And we're first of all going to read it in the New International Version, and then we're going to secondly go through it a little bit more closely through the Message Version. Just while it's on the screen, and those who are finding it, just to say that Proverbs was written by the wisest king of Israel. His name was Solomon. He was a very wise king. God had given him the ability to discern great intellect, great understanding. And I'd encourage you all to read the book of Proverbs. It's a great book for life. If you want to know how to raise children, read the book of Proverbs. If you want to know how how to be a good employer, be a good employee, how you handle your finances. If you want to know how to handle your wife or your husband, if you want to know how to handle yourself when you're in difficult contexts, when you're tempted, read the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. It's an incredibly wise book. Interestingly, there are 31 chapters, so almost one for every day. And it was something that I did at the beginning of the years, just kept beginning of the year, just kept reading through the book of Proverbs. And we find nestling in the middle, sort of the middle of, of Proverbs 11, these two verses. And this is what it says in the NIV One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. 
A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. I'd encourage you to take hold of these verses and let them just live in your heart, regurgitate in your heart a little bit more. But let's read of it, what it says in the message version, because it's fascinating. This is what it says of the same verses, and this is where we're going to spend a little bit of time just working through them. It says, the world of the generous, everybody say generous. Generous. Turn to the person next to you and say, generous. (laughs) The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Everybody say "Larger larger and larger. I like that because I'm large. I like large things. I like large cars. I like big cars. I like big houses. I like big open spaces. I like big countries. I really do. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy, everybody say stingy. Stingy. I didn't say turn to your neighbor and say stingy, okay, because you might be too close to home. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So this is what it says. The world of the generous, if we are generous, it gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's interesting that. Because when I think about the word generous, there's all kinds of words that come to mind. And I'm going to put you at ease because we're going to address money. But actually, it's not about money. I'll mention tithing just once. I'm not talking about tithing today. I'm talking about generosity. When we think about generosity, it goes way beyond our finances. Because actually, the definition, the true definition of generosity is that we are kind. That we are liberal. That we are lavish. That we are unselfish. They are true definitions of generosity. Let me remind you again what they are. That we are kind. Generosity is about showing kindness. Generosity is about being liberal. I'm not talking about in our politics or in our theology. But just liberal, free. Free. free Free-hearted. We're lavish. We just pour out. Don't you just love it? When you go to a restaurant and you're wondering to yourself, if you're like me, I'll order what I think is going to be on the menu. I hope it's a big portion because I'm starved. And when they come out, they've all just lavished it. Don't all look at me all like that. You all know you all think the same. I just love it when there's this lavish meal set before us. The bigger the portions, the better, baby. Yeah. None of this piddly little... A la carte kind of nouveau French kind of thing. Give me some veg and meat and potatoes and... Oh, come on. Yeah? I think that deserves a round of applause. Yeah. (laughs) Lavish, liberal, and unselfish. That's what generosity means. So what is the opposite of... Generous. Well, we've already looked at it on the screen. It says stingy. They're, all, they're in opposites. Notice they're in opposites. So what is the definition of stingy? Well, it's the opposite of what we said about generosity. 
We're unkind. Unkind. We withhold. We keep back. Instead of just being lavish in that meal, they just give you a few peas instead of lavishing them on. Instead of being unselfish, they're selfish. That's the difference between the two groups. And what I want to do for a moment is just really hone into the negative side of it in terms of the second part of this verse. Because I, just, I don't want to skim over it. I just want to nail it. But I want to get to the positive. Is that okay? Because we're a positive people. We're a positive church. We serve a positive God. But we have to deal with it. Because stingy people live small lives. Notice the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The question is that I want to ask from this, if generous people from these verses inherit a large world, why do so many choose the world of the stingy? Have you ever thought about that? If generous people get into larger and larger, but stingy people get smaller and smaller, why do so many people in the world choose stingy? Because the promise that's over their lives is they'll get smaller and smaller. I think oftentimes it can be just a bad example, a bad model. There's some people I've spoken to, you can see it just running through generations. Tightness, stinginess that passes down generations. And they then too live like that. There's some people who live out of bad experiences. You may have lost, people may have lost something And then they've now got something and they're determined to never lose it again. But what happens is, instead of being liberal and unselfish, they become tight and they withhold. So people have had bad experiences of that. Some people have never been corrected. Those who are handling small children, let me just give you a little bit of advice from now a man who has four children, and now they're older. They're not at that little, little age. But for those who've got particularly younger ones, teach your children to share. It starts when they're little. If you allow the children to say, that's my toy, and you never address them when they're with another child, they will keep following that pattern through their lives. Hello? We have to teach our children as they're young, and then when they grow up, I'm taking it a little bit out of context, they will not depart from it. There's truths that we have to lay in to our children. And oftentimes, people live stingy lives, it's because they have not been corrected. Now let me say, there are some people here who feel like they just have a bit of a stingy spirit, I'll just say it for what it is, I'm not looking at anybody, in particular there may be some reasons why, but it can be corrected, because God's heart for you and for me and for every one of us is that we would enter into a a world that gets larger and larger and larger, and it's the world of the generous that gets larger and larger and larger. Here's what I've noticed And this is what I've realized. There are four things that happen or that 
surround stingy people. They'll come on the screen. The first thing is this. Stingy people always look at keeping what they have. They just keep it to themselves. Stingy people are always thinking of themselves. When you really drive it down, you hear the language, you have a conversation with them. Where is it centered around? Often, themselves. All about what's happening to them. They never ask, how are you doing? It's always about what they are doing. Stingy people struggle to make friends and keep friends. Because people realize that they're stingy. And stingy people don't receive invites to parties. I'm sorry if this is driving home. It's it's just the word of God. Stingy people don't receive invites, or not many. And these are four things that I've realized. There's more that I could say around this. But I want to encourage us this morning, as a people and as individuals, to live generous lives. What I've realized is this. Stingy people, just as we finish this off, stingy people often feel fearful. They're paranoid. They're paranoid of people being blessed more than them. <laughs> I realized that in, in, my, in my journey and of just life. There are some people who instead it's so easy. The Bible says, uh, weep with those who are weeping. We have no problem with that. Many of us, we have no problem. So I'll leave Andy alone this time because I picked on him last time. Um, but Jacob's in crisis and we have no problem weeping with Jacob, you know, putting our arms around him. Because we're okay with that. But here's the challenge. The other part of that verse is, weep with those who are weeping and rejoice with those who are what? Rejoicing. Those who have a new job. Those who it seems like God's favoring them in ministry. Those who have now got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Those who have had a grandchild. Those who put whatever you want to it. It's so easy for us to weep, but now Jacob's being blessed, and often stingy people do this. Well, it's all right for them. Look at him. It's all right for him. You know, he, look, well, he was brought up well, and he didn't have to contend with wire to contend with. That might be true, but what you're revealing out of your heart is your heart. Are you understanding me? It's there on purpose. So stingy people can get very fearful, very paranoid, and very depressed when people are being blessed. We want to be a church that rejoices when others are being blessed. We want to be a church, even in this town, across this area, when churches are being blessed. I I changed my language. There's a number of churches in in Nottingham that that are being blessed and now got literally hundreds and thousands. And I realized that my language a number of years ago wasn't particularly helpful to them. And I realized he was just coming out of a bad spirit. And I don't know these people. So I've determined, it's been over a matter of now, probably well over a year I've been doing it. You know, I, I just speak blessing over these people. Whenever anybody wants to say anything about the church, I just bless it in Jesus' name. Say, they've got great leaders. They've got great facilities. They're doing an or, an or, an enormous amount of work in the city of Nottingham. Hear what I'm talking about? Because I want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Not just weep with those who are weeping. 
I'll finish here. Stingy people, it's all about themselves and their world shrinks. I'll finish up with this example. I, I, I thought it would be good. Let, let's just put the two photos on if we can. That would be great. What, what I did, oftentimes, I think about generosity in, in the form of a cake. Does that look delicious? And it's how we apportion the cake. It's a beautiful cake. I believe cake is meant to be shared. Whether it's a spoon or, and you just go off the plate. I mean, I love I, uh, desserts where you just plonk it in the middle. We had one last week and this huge ice screen and everybody gasped when they saw it coming. It was enormous. And then I said, they gave us two spoons and said, get us another two spoons. And we're all digging into this ice cream. I paid for it later, by the way. But, you know, I, just dessert is meant to be shared. But again, stingy people take the cake and they gorge themselves. It is Tyler, yes. Everybody give Tyler a round of applause for helping me with this example. Just leave it for a moment. He needed some milk to get through because he was not prepared to share the cake that actually was meant for 24 people. It was a 24-person cake. And we laugh about it, but listen to us. How many times have we lived like that? When we said, this is mine. I'm going to withhold. Love. Encouragement. Somebody's being blessed. and You see it. But you can't bring yourself to praise them. It is a bad spirit. We want to be a people that are generous. So let's move on to the second part of the verse. Because it says the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But it also says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Nudge a person next to you and say, again, say, generous. Generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Now, where does this come from? This comes from the heart. Our stinginess can be learned. Behavior through bad experiences. Now, generosity comes from the heart. It flows up from within us. And if we are Christians here today, then this should be part of who we are because God is a generous God. And if we are being formed into His likeness, as the Bible tells us we must, that's discipleship, then we are becoming much more generous. As a church, we become more generous. People who say to us, well, why do you keep blessing those people out there? All they do is using the fags, they're doing the drugs, they're doing the drink. You know, look at them, this, that, or the other. That's not a good heart. We work out of a heart of generosity. I want to tell you today, we will keep blessing this community more and more and more and more and more and more. We will. Because we're a generous people. We're a generous people. Not talking about being doormats. Talk to the staff. Talk to Lisa. We're not silly with our resource, but we want to continue to be generous. People don't get why we keep doing what we're doing. 
Why don't you just settle at what you've got? You've got a few hundred people, nice buildings. Just stay where you are. Because we're generous people. And we want to keep allowing that generosity to flow. So the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And it comes out of our hearts. And how do we express this? Well, we express it in our words. We express it in our encouragement. We express it in our actions. And we express it in our giving. You see, it's not all about money. I read a story recently of a blind man, or his, just, his sight was very impaired, and he had a guide dog, and he went into a convenience store, and he was clearly looking for a card. So he was walking down the aisle at the greeting cards, and of course, he kept doing this. With his dog there, kept doing this, and he clearly couldn't see what he was doing. And there was a construction worker. A man was observing this and wrote it in his book. And he says, I observed a construction worker. Well, clearly, you, you know, the big, you know, you've got the thing. Big build, you know, ragged clothes. Sorry if you're a building person. But you've got, you know, your, your, your dockers on, your boots and all that kind of stuff. And this big burly guy said, excuse me, sir. Would you like me to help? I'll read out the cards for you. So this big construction worker's because it was for his wife, this blind man's wife. He's reading these soppy messages. I love you. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Sugar is sweet. And oh, you know, the kind of things that you blokes do all the time. I'm looking at Steve Holmes. Just all the time for Lynn. And just, you know, and, you know, it's true. I know it's true. He's just terrific. And I was going to justice the same. Just writing law. And Andy Richardson. Whoa. And the, the blind man said, no, that's the one. That's the car. What I'm saying is that construction worker just expressed amazing generosity, I think, with just by helping him. Yeah. Kindness, it doesn't have to cost us anything half the time. We just have to do it intentionally. Showing kindness to people. In our, you know what? I am so glad that we belong to such a generous church. You guys are so, so generous in Arena Church. I really am. We make such an incredible difference to people's lives. On October the 11th and over that weekend, well actually it'll be the 9th, 10th and 11th, we have you know, at the moment about 60 to 70 young people who are booked in to go to Alton Castle. I am so thrilled because we love young people in this church. It's the lifeblood of any church. If we've not got young people coming through and children, we're finished. Or or 30, 40 years and we're going to be done. And we need to just keep believing that kids and young people are going to come through. And you know what? Last year, as a result of the, the outpouring of mercy offering that we took towards getting a lot of those young people who couldn't afford to get there, we had enough money to send them and also to have money here this year to be able to help some others. That's as a result of your amazing generosity. How awesome is that? I'm so glad that we're able to run a Loosed Women conference yesterday so well by Sharon and the team. Just great feedback from those. Ladies, give me a wave if you was there. Just terrific. Any blokes? Oh, there's some blokes waving. I don't know what all that were about, Sharon. Just a terrific... And in the midst of all that, there was people, you know, the, the team were blessing people with gifts and with food and just all kinds of things. And then in the midst of that, a great presentation by Anne on behalf of a foundation, the Peace Foundation, and just, you know, just huge amounts of generosity and goodwill. I love it. I love the fact that we get to do this every single week. 
we're not moping around with small lives. We've got large lives. Because our worlds are generous. We get to do this. How awesome is it? And there are four things that I notice about generous people. Very quickly. Generous people actively look to bless others. They think about themselves less and others more. They don't think of themselves less, but they think about themselves less. Do you get it? They are attractive and are never without true friends. They get invited to the parties. And generous people get given open doors and opportunities. That's what I've realized. You know, there was a, there was a, a young couple in our church in, in Milton Keys. Well, I say young couple. They were just probably three, four years older than us. We saw them recently in, in, in August. It was so lovely to see them. And, and Phil and Bev, Bev worked on staff at the Christian Center where I worked. And she worked in the finance. And her husband had just really graduated as an accountant. So sounds posh, but he really wasn't earning vast amounts of money at all because he just literally graduated. And they had three children. And we just had Annie. And we really didn't have a lot of money. But what they determined that they wanted to do was to be generous to me and Caroline. And they were generous in their encouragement. They were generous in, in just their, their help towards us. And they were also incredibly generous because, you know, where most young couples now that can afford to go and buy bouncy things and baths and all that kind of stuff. We literally didn't have the money to go and do that. But they didn't know that. And I remember one day, uh, Bev came into the office and she said, me and Phil have been talking and we want to give you all the stuff that we've had. So we have kids, toys, baths, bouncers, rocking chairs, all kinds of things. Virtually like new. It was such a huge blessing to us. But here's the point. Out of that one act of generosity, I knew that the Lord was going to keep opening up their worlds. Because now Phil isn't just a junior um, um, accountant. He is now the chief executive of one of the world's largest accountancy companies travels the world. He'll be on a six-figure salary, plus, 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 plus. And here's the thought. Even when we was with them, he was still generous. Bev was still generous. They were generous with their encouragement. They said, you look great. You look so thin, Christian. Can't believe how good-looking you are. You haven't aged a bit. You look just like you did when you was 21. You're still fit and up for it. They were, I'll tell you, it was just flowing out of them. Caroline, no, I'm not, no they, they said as well. Uh, no, they, let me tell you, she looks terrific. Um, they were so generous. And here's the point. Generous people's worlds always open up and it becomes larger and larger and larger. And I just love being around those kinds of people. So may I make a suggestion to us all? Let's live generously. Let's live to give on purpose. Let's live to give to God, to others, and to the needs of the world. Here's some things, just quickly. I know time's gone, some photos. of some things that we get to do through this church because of a result of our generosity. Woolworths. It is beginning to take shape thanks to the team. There's lots of things behind the scenes that are happening. We want that to be a blessing to the high street, a blessing to the town. We get to do this because of our generosity. Let's move it on. You know, we've, we've just renovated our Mansfield building and lots of people came down and were generous with your time and with your skills. So thank you. Let's just keep moving them along. Kids, we get to bless kids in fun days and serve one events and downstairs today. 
Oh, look at that beautiful lady there, Keith. I'm talking about your wife, Keith. Come on. I'm not talking about Tigger or no or anything like that. We the food drive, wonderful that we get to, you know, just serve the community. And what a great thing you've seen this before. We 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 did up a school playground in Cotmanay and just huge blessing to some little kiddies and furniture bank and all the different kinds of things that we get to. We do that because we do it on purpose. We live to give. We live to give to God. We live to give to others. And we live to give to the needs of the world. That comes by, guys, I can't get away from it. Because of people's generous tithes and offerings, we get to do all that stuff. That is why we do it. It's not because we need more money, because we want our world to become larger and larger and larger. So as you are generous, your world will become larger. And the arena church becomes larger. The kingdom becomes larger and larger. As we become, you know, good with our material resources to one another, as we bake a cake, as we send a card, as we send an email, you'll never be able to know how much it means that when, when, when the guys get emails, lovely emails in, or a lovely card just thanking us, or it just means everything. It's like you're giving me a million pounds. It's just terrific. And you're the same. As we live to give, we become agents of change. We become agents of change. Let's just quickly move to verse 25, and then I'm nearly through. Because then it says, one, one, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I always wanted to be life-giving when I was just where I still want to be now. I don't want people to feel drained when they've been with me. I want you to feel it. Lightened. I want to be a, refresh, a refreshing to people. And I believe that generous people do exactly that. If you, if you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. The message says this. Those who help others are themselves helped. And this is a promise. So if we want a friend, be a friend. If we want kindness, show kindness. If we want a generosity, let's be generous. Now... Before I just draw it all together, because God is a generous God, and He wants you to experience that generosity that only He can bring you. And that comes through you making a decision to say, Jesus, I'd like you in my life. I'd like you in my life. I'd like you to make the difference in my life like you've made in many other people. And we give an opportunity in a moment for you to respond to that. But all that cake talk has made me very, very hungry. I don't know about you. So what I decided to do, I decided to go and get another cake. And Tyler, you're not having this one. And what I'd like to ask is, because it, it will serve 24 people, who'd like this cake for lunch dessert? Come on, put your hand up if you'd like this cake for lunch dessert. Don't be shy. If you'd like this cake for hold it. I'm only going to do it if you want it high. And you've got to show me that you want it. You've got to really, really now show me that you want this cake. Oh, Abigail's really showing me now. She wants this cake because... Abigail, I'm really sorry. But because I picked on him and Steve didn't put his hand up, 
that because I, picked, uh, yeah, because I picked on him this morning, justice, this is for you and your family. It will serve 24. I don't want him gorging on it, okay? But I want you to enjoy the cake. Is that okay? I'm sorry, guys, that you couldn't have the cake. I'm really sorry, Pam, and sorry, guys, that I feel bad now because who'd like some dessert to be able to take home? Guys, come and give them all dessert, please. We've got a gift for every one of you. You've all got a cookie from Arena Church that says thank you on it. We want you to be blessed. Take it home with you. Go and share it with your husband. Go and share it with your wife. But just be blessed because we feel it's unfair that just justice has it. You'll see there, it's got the Arena Church logo on there. We've had them especially done just for you guys. Have you all got one? Does that bless you? Give me a wave if you're going to enjoy the cookie. Give me a wave if that will not get to the lunchtime table that will be eaten as soon as we dismiss this service. (laughs) Great. Guys, listen to me. On purpose. On purpose. We live to what? I'll do it again. On purpose, we live to May we do that this week by showing kindness, encouragement, being a blessing to the church. Not always thinking they always want money, but just coming out of a generous heart because the generous person, their world, gets larger and larger. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.